0: Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at bethesdachurch.tv give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy
1: today's message. And thank you so much for your giving. Uh, it is with great honor that I get to introduce uh, our speaker, not only for this morning, but for the next four nights as well. Pastor Ken Height um, came up. We had uh, been introduced at a meeting down in Florida, and then about six months after I met him for the first time, we were hit with the flood. Uh, and when the flood hit, Pastor Ken was in Charlotte uh, visiting with family, and he just felt compelled at that time to drive up to see what was going on here, and he stayed a few days and just helped us serve our community. And um, what I didn't know at the the time is that uh, this awesome friendship would develop, and uh, I've gotten to know him. Uh, He preached our revival last year. Uh, I had the opportunity, the privilege of speaking Uh, at Discover Life Church, the church that he pastors in Melbourne, Florida. He actually pastors, he oversees two campuses, the Melbourne and the Palm Bay campus. One church, two campuses. And God is just doing some amazing, amazing things in the Melbourne, Palm Bay area uh, through the ministry of Pastor Ken and Height, who will be here uh, next service, and their son Silas. And what I would say about Pastor Ken is that he is... A guy who is going to tell it like it is. He is extremely authentic and real. And uh, as amazing uh, of a speaker and preacher as he is, is, he's just as amazing outside of the pulpit. And so it is with great honor that I introduce to you today. Would you stand with me and help me intro him in? Come on, let's give a big Bethesda welcome to Pastor Ken Height as he comes to share the word with us.
0: Before you sit down, take about 30 seconds and lose your mind for your pastors. Come on, clap your hands. Yes! Thank you, God. That's eight seconds. Come on. We give double honor. Double honor to the elders who rule well. Come on, clap your hands. We love you, Pastor Chad. We love you. We love you. Praise God. All right. I love you. Have a seat. God bless you guys. Your pastors are amazing people. And I'm so thankful to be connected. You know what matters? Who you're connected to. Who you're connected to makes a big difference in how your life plays out. Pastor Chad, man, what an incredible privilege I have to call you my friend. Uh, Pastor Chad and his precious wife. Their whole family are just amazing, amazing people. Uh, Pastor Chad is a visionary. He's a man of longevity. Uh, He's strength and confidence, humility. I could say a a dozen amazing things about him, but you already know they're all true. And uh, I appreciate his humble heart for the things of God. And I can tell you this. I I don't have a lot of time today, but I I do want to take time to say this. Your pastor loves you, I want, and you already know that, I'm sure, but I'm telling you, he loves you, and he loves this region. He loves the cities that comprise this region, and he loves the people here, and uh, it's just an incredible honor to, to be your friend, Pastor Chad, and to be here. Uh, make no mistake, I know why I'm here. I know what my assignment is. I'm here to serve you. Uh, It's an incredible honor for me to be here and to serve you in this way, to encourage you, and hopefully to just throw some fuel on the fire that's already uh, blazing here. You guys are on fire. You're a little scary. It's awesome. (laughs) And uh, Pastor Chad said that... Uh, Pastor Chad, you know he's also eloquent too. He knows how to say things. He said that he said that I'm, I'm real and what, what that's code for sometimes I'm a little inappropriate. I think is what that also means. And so he was just kind of <laughs> oh yes. He was just kind of preparing the way. you know what I'm saying? He's getting you ready. but, uh, but honestly, I, I am here at your service. I love you guys. Uh, this message and this entire week is a labor of love and my prayer is that you are encouraged and inspired and uplifted that's the only reason I'm here Uh, my prayer is that when I leave here that the name of Jesus has been lifted higher and even more people are being drawn unto him and that yeah come on we're excited about that you know we're excited about Jesus so I want to lay a foundation today and I just I want to lay a foundation for for this week. I I do have a plan uh that I believe I believe God has given me the the words to say, to say this week. I I don't believe that I just showed up with you know a couple hot messages. I really sense the purpose and power of God. I feel like I have the mind of the spirit, but I want to lay a foundation today and uh it I'm going to be speaking on the kingdom. And I want to tell you, sometimes it's hard to talk about the kingdom without being a little teachy. Uh, And so if you'll let me lay a foundation for this and and just go with me. Uh, I am a very, very uh, short-winded preacher. I do not preach a long time when people say amen a lot. (laughs) I just want to throw that out. I got two amens. It's going to be a long message. I'm just telling you. We're just going to go right up into the, set, the third experience, Pastor Chad. This, Oh, Lord, help us. Uh, if you agree with anything that you hear me say today, I hope I will hear you yell amen or something. Anyways, by the way, if you're here and you're new and you're like, why does everybody yell amen? It just means so be it. Yeah, I agree with that. You could say, preach it, white guy. You could do anything. You could say, oh, yeah, I'll hear that again. Whatever. Just throw your shoe on the platform, anything. Just let me know. Let me know that you're with me. All right, so three weeks ago. Oh, be healed in the name of Jesus. Yep. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Let's just, part of the foundation is letting you know what's going to happen while we're here. Be healed in your marriage in the name of Jesus. I defy the enemy to perplex you or uh, cause you to squander away God's blessing in your life by being mad at your spouse. Uh, I declare in the name of Jesus, you will not be bitter after this. I declare in the name of Jesus, healing over all anger. Healing of your broken hearts in Jesus' name. Anyone who's broken, I pray for healing in your life. And those of you who are so on fire in this revival that God's just doing great things. And because, by the way, I didn't bring revival. I, I I'm here to be a part of your revival. I'm I've got revival in my heart, but I'm just just coming alongside to throw uh, fuel on this, to throw gasoline on this thing. And uh, but you know, as as is hot uh, and on fire as you may be for the Lord, people still have problems. And I want to make sure that, that you are healed, uh, that your families are healed. I pray, I pray for your homes, I'm telling you in advance what I want, I pray for your homes to be filled with joy and laughter and knowing Jesus. Amen. I pray for the peace of God that passes all understanding to rule and to reign in your heart and in your life. I pray that what God does in you and the kingdom of God coming alive and in your heart, I pray that it would just blow your mind in Jesus' name. So if you receive that today, say, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, we're going to read in the scripture. This is, uh, uh, before we do, let me just tell you a little inappropriate story. About three or four weeks ago, my my wife and my mom and my dad and my son, I just got like a hankering for a steak. How many of y'all been fasting, right? <laughs> so is it safe to talk about steak now? So I got a hankering for a steak. And uh, so I went out and I <laughs> went up to Publix. Uh, y'all don't have Publix up here. Uh, it was real busy, though. When I, what do y'all have up here? Okay, so that. And I was walking out. I was walking out of that and... And, and when I was coming out, it was, uh, it was busy, and my mom calls me, and she says, hey, did you remember? Because there's, you know, two ladies, like, in charge of my life, my wife and my mom. Did you know you never quit being a parent? Did you know that? You never quit being a parent? So just flow with it, all right? If your parents are still alive and they're still, they're still mentoring you, thank God for it. It's a blessing. My mom called me, and she said, she said, son, did you remember to get your wife chicken? And I said, it's taken care of. Now, I didn't lie. I didn't lie because I had a plan. But I didn't get the chicken. Come on, say amen to that. And so what had happened was is I, uh, I didn't get the chicken, and it was too busy in that, in the, 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 that place, y'all said, that I had just come out of. And I didn't want to go back in, and I was like, all right, so what am I going to do? And I look over, and I see Wendy's. And I thought, all right, I got a gas grill. I got Montreal seasoning. I got salt. I got Worcestershire or whatever the heck it is, an A1. And I know what I'm going to do. So I pulled up to the Wendy's, and I ordered a chicken sandwich with nothing on it and no bread. And I should have known it was a problem when the lady says, oh, you just want the chicken patty? I'm like, <laughs> patty? You don't put a chicken patty on a grill, right? That doesn't sound very appetizing. But I'm like, I got seasoning. I'll make it work. So I, I get the, the chicken patty, and uh, I, I know this is sort don't judge me. I feel your judgment. Uh-uh. No, do not judge me. I felt that. That hurt my feelings a little bit. And so I got, I did it, y'all. I got the, the chicken patty at Wendy's. Y'all got Wendy's, right? Y'all got Wendy's? And I took, I took this chicken patty home, and, and it was special, you know, and I, I hid it over on the side because I didn't want anybody to see it. And I put the chicken over there, and I got the steaks on there. And then at the last minute, I throw the chicken. I throw the chicken on the grill. I naturally put all kinds of good seasoning on there, and I'm like, "This is, this is actually going to be good." I cut a little piece off of it, you know, just to show her, "Hey, I sampled this; it's delicious." And guess what? It was actually very good. But about three quarters of the way through the uh, three quarters of the way through the meal, I couldn't contain myself, and I'm laughing. And my wife is like, "What is wrong with you?" And I'm like, "Nothing." nothing and my wife knows i can't lie my wife can see through me oh my gosh i'm just telling you my wife knows me back when we've been married this year 25 years so you know we yeah y'all pray for her pray for her pray for her so so anyways finally i i couldn't i couldn't hold it in any longer my mom said what did you do cuz my mom's always on her side you know what's up with that like i'm your son so anyways, I told him, and my wife just simply said, I wondered why it had a little bit of a green hue to it. And, uh, so, but she ate it, and it was good, right? And, and we're not getting divorced in the name of Jesus, and God is working in our marriage. But I thought about that. You know, the chicken, it tasted good. It tasted good. It had a little bit of a funny hue. It wasn't, it wasn't like lime green. It wasn't grass green. It was like a brown green. That's horrible, but it tasted all right, and she ate it, and, and she finished it after I told the story. I didn't lie to her. I was honest. I was open about it, and uh, but I thought about my message today because I'm preaching on the kingdom. But you guys have been hearing about the kingdom, and I want to say that, that it kind of makes me think about living the Christian life apart from, apart from receiving the kingdom. Because, by the way, comprehending and understanding the kingdom is something you'll do for eternity, FYI. It's, it's kind of comical to think, oh, we're going to study the kingdom Uh, As if you can study something beyond the uh, limitations of human capacity. Just want to throw that out while we're there. Uh, Time, space, and matter. If you ever, they say, scientists say that the the universe is expanding, right? If you ever peek over the sides of the universe, I found out what you'll see is the kingdom. Uh, The kingdom is not part of anything, but it encompasses everything, And it's powerful and strong. And and to live the Christian life but not to embrace the kingdom at least and begin comprehending, to begin learning it, is like eating brownish green chicken. I mean, it tastes all right, you know. I mean, church is fun, right, but there's something missing. And I want you guys to get the kingdom for sure. And I know your pastor has been... Uh, just preaching the kingdom of God so powerfully. And I just want to come alongside and aid in that. So here we go, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Uh, like you're excited about the word, just go, woo! For this reason I say to you, do not be excited about <laughs> excited. Do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for or, for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Now go down to verse 32. For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek, verse 33. Come on, read it out loud with me. Three, two, one. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I don't want you to miss this. Anything short of this is to forfeit a large part of the plan of God for your life. All right, you can put seasoning on your life, you can salt it, you can put Montreal steak sauce on it, but at the end of the day, short of the kingdom, until you begin to comprehend it and and get it in your heart, you're living beneath everything that God wants for you. Matthew 6, it simply says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And I want you to note that it's not just the kingdom that we seek, but you seek first the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness. Now, down through the years, you know, we've, we've gotten pieces of this, but we didn't get all of it. It's not just the kingdom, but it's, it's righteousness as well. And today, what I really want to start, I want to lay a foundation for everything that we're going to talk about all week long. Tonight, my plan is to talk about your kingdom identity. Very important message, I think, this morning. And tonight, will prepare you for what will be shared Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So please, make a commitment right now. Come on, turn to the best-looking person beside you and tell them you need to come back this week. (laughs) Now turn to that ugly person on the other side and tell him, you too, you, are, you also need to come back. All right, here's the thing. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, guys, at the end of the day, we got to get this message of the kingdom. And the reason why is because it's what Jesus came preaching And I want to talk to you on this subject, the righteous reign of God. Everybody say it with me, 3, 2, 1. The righteous reign of God. Let's say it again, 3, 2, 1. The righteous reign of God. Say it again. The righteous reign of God. Say it again. The righteous reign of God. I'm going to preach this message today, and you're telling me right now it is going to be the righteous reign of God. I want you to get this phrase And I want you to put it in your heart and never forget it. Because when we talk about the kingdom, we can't talk about the kingdom without talking about righteousness. We can't talk about righteousness without talking about the kingdom. Because he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So together these things bring the righteous reign of almighty God. You need both of these things. It's the only time Jesus ever said, seek something First. Seek first. These are the only two things he said. Seek first. All right, it, let me just say this uh, the kingdom of God is something that, that will seem new to us. And it bothers me that it seems new to us because it was the crux of Jesus' message early on. If you read Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, you'll see that from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the word at hand just means the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God has come near to you. It is here. The kingdom of God is here. All right, now here's the issue. Over the years, we've gotten various messages Early on, the church got the righteousness message. And it's important to get the righteousness message. You need the righteousness message. God's not afraid. He's perfectly content to interrupt your happiness in order to perfect his holiness in you. But what happens is if you get the righteousness of God, but you don't get the kingdom of God, you get morality, but you don't get authority, which ultimately makes you miserable because you're trying to, I will not do this. I will not cuss. I will not cuss. And you kick the coffee table in the middle of the night, and the first thing, you do is cause if you get morality but you don't get authority come on you get you get i'm gonna be good but you don't get i am empowered and this is the side where your empowerment actually helps you live out the righteousness you perceive and know through the Word of God and through the example of Jesus Christ. Understand this, God didn't save you because you're good. God saved you because He was good. He made Him who knew no sin to become sin that you might become the righteousness of God and seek that righteousness and the kingdom of Almighty God. And the interesting thing is that when you seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, everything that the Gentiles would be seeking in Anyways, you can have it. God said God said in the New Living Translation, above all else, above everything else, seek the kingdom of God and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. This is so important. You need both. You want to live righteous? You need authority. You want authority? You need a moral code. We need the righteous reign of Almighty God have problems in your marriage, you need the righteous reign of God. You have problems with your kids, you need the righteous reign of God. A problem on the job, you need the righteous reign of God. You want God's blessing on your house and on your finances, you need the righteous reign of God. The worst thing you can do is, the worst thing you can do is live your life with things you want apart from the authority the kingdom offers. Because then you get stuff and you forfeit even what you gain because you can't live the way you're supposed to live without the empowerment the kingdom brings. So you get married and that's why divorce in the church looks like divorce in society. Because we don't have the kingdom like we can and are getting it. One of my biggest concerns, Pastor Chad, is that we do not do with the kingdom what we've done with other messages that have become popular. They're important messages. Morality, holiness, be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. I grew up as a kid. I heard people be holy, be holy, be holy, be holy, be holy. And we finally got around to understanding that and we put holes in our genes. And No, that's not it. That's not it at all. We, we, we heard, be holy, you need, you need to live righteous. We don't live, don't smoke and chew and go with those that do. Don't own a dog, don't own a cat. No, they didn't say that. But, 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 but I heard all these things, what you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do, all these things. But I never really understood how do we live that message out. How, how do we walk in that? And I'm telling you, the kingdom of God is critical. It is, with righteousness, the righteous reign of Almighty God. Now, so much to say. What did Jesus preach? From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent. There's righteousness. There it is. We are now faced with the necessity to recognize our sinfulness and the need, the great need that we have to repent of our sins to repent doesn't mean to fall on our face and cry and be emotional, although I am emotional. Very often we are emotional beings. It's not a crime to be emotional. In fact, I would say if, you're, if you are completely unemotional, you are missing an expression of God's work in your life because so often what God does in you will come out in tears. Come on. Every now and again, you, you have a good cry, and God's working in your life. But the, the issue is that when you come to the altar, repentance is not just crying or saying, I'm so, or saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But repentance is saying, I need to change the way I think. See, your life won't change. I can't help you change until I help you change the way you think. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You can say what you want, but at the end of the day, you can fake me out. But the truth is, what's bumping around between your ears right now, that's, that's what you got to get right And the kingdom of God and his righteousness seeking these things is what puts us on the path to understanding. Now, I want to throw this out. You guys are in a building program. Did you know that? Did you know that? Aren't you glad that the parking was a pain today? What a blessing. Let's praise God for that. (laughs) Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Did anybody have to to walk a little further? Be honest. Be honest. We're not going to stone you. But did any of you have to... Did any of you, I'm not saying we won't throw something at you, but we won't throw stones at you. Did any of you have to have to have to walk a little further than maybe you'd like to park your car? I'm just asking anybody, and no one will be honest and say they had, all right, all right. So, okay. Wow. You guys, you know what? Y'all must be really in revival because they have the <laughs> perfect attitude. But thank God, thank God for a full parking lot. Thank God that that you got to struggle to get uh, 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 seats where all your family can sit together. Like, isn't that a good thing? Oh, I'm sorry. We're not going to be able to sit together. There's too many people in church today. (laughs) Pastor Chad, I never knew of all the things that I saw coming. The one thing I did not see is that people would complain because we grew Like, I did not see that coming. Man, I am so thankful for what God is doing at Bethesda Church. God is moving. You're in a building program. But that is the secondary building program. There is a primary building program that you may not be aware of. Here's what I want you to understand. You are in a building program, but you are not building a church. You are not building a church. It's not a church. It's bricks and mortar, and drywall, and money. Praise the Lord. Money. It's going to take money, right? Yeah, but you're not building a church. What are you building? You're building a bricks and mortar auditorium and whatever else will be over there. I know it's going to be visionary, and it's going to be awesome, but you are building an edifice. You are building a building that will house the church as it worships the king and seeks the kingdom of Almighty God. You've got to wrap your mind around that. <clears throat> the church and the kingdom are not the same thing. You're not building a church. You're building a place where the church will worship the king and seek the kingdom. Not only that, some people would say, oh, okay, now it makes sense. You said we're in two building programs. That's the secondary building program, so we must be building the church. And I would say to that, no, you're not building the church either. What do you mean? Because Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Which lets us know a lot of times when the church isn't prevailing against the gates of hell, it's because Jesus may not be building. But thank God for a church in West Virginia that Christ is building up. That Christ is empowering and strengthening. Jesus is the builder of the church. Pastor Chad, I forgot my sweat towel right there. If I could just it's right beside you, I'm sorry. Thank you, pastor. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Jesus is building his church. And some people say, oh, yeah, okay, we get that. That's all right. But I want you to understand, he's the church builder. We are the kingdom seekers. So everybody say, I'm seeking, I'm seeking. The, kingdom the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and his righteousness. The, righteous the righteous reign of God. Think about this. When Jesus said, I think it's the NLT that says, When the disciples said, Jesus, teach us how to pray, Jesus said, pray like this. Well, I would say that if Jesus said, pray like this, we ought to figure out, how did he say pray? He said, our Father who art in heaven, come on, hallowed be thy name. Okay, stop. I'm ruined at that part. I'm ruined right there. How can you even move on from that? Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. We just skip over this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. And we recite it like it's a rhyme. We recite it because we've heard it like amazing grace 10,000 times Hollywood has given it to us. We hear it in movies, we hear it in songs, we hear it all over the place. The Lord's Prayer, which is actually the disciples' prayer. And the danger of this is that the message that Jesus said in teaching this, in teaching this, it becomes a fad, it becomes just a trend, it just becomes something popular. And we skip over the very first thing he says. Our Father, okay, so... Our, by the way, is one of the biggest words in this phrase, our, because when you come to God as king, you come to him with Jesus and with the church. Come on, say amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, so I know who I'm talking to, I know where who I'm talking to is, hallowed be thy name, and I know what he is. Now, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come now everything else that follows follows because the kingdom has to come first he said seek the kingdom of god first and his righteousness and then everything else would be added to you so the issue is we say deliver us from evil deliver us from evil deliver us from evil but if we miss the kingdom in the first part you're always going to be miserable in the later parts uh, God, uh, lead me not into temptation. We cry and we moan and we wail. But until you get the authority of the kingdom, the rest of the prayer, you're going to miss it. It's, it's this way for a reason. Jesus said, seek the kingdom first. Now, the kingdom of God is mentioned like 80 plus times, depending on which translation you read and, and how, how, people, uh, how people translate certain phrases. 85 times in the translation that I read. Uh, it's also kingdom of heaven uh, kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. Uh, the church is only mentioned, I want to say, uh, uh, three times, if I'm not mistaken, specifically by Jesus. But check this out. Uh, of all the times that the kingdom of God is mentioned, all but two of these are found in direct or indirect quotes by Jesus himself. So the kingdom must have been important. Did I, read, did I even give you all Matthew chapter 4, verse 14? From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say... Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was Jesus' message, which is why it bothers me that it's new to us so often. We hear teaching on the kingdom and we're like, oh, this is kind of different than what I grew up here. And I know, isn't that sad? Look, let me go back. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. How many think we ought to be preaching and teaching what he taught? So, does it bother anyone like it bothers your pastor and myself that we haven't heard this taught very much? I heard about the kingdom. I heard about seeking the kingdom, but I always was told it, you know, like that that's like heaven or it's like a time to come. But what you need to understand is that the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is is it is future, but it's also present. It is inward, but it is also outward. It's eschatological, but it's also soteriological. It's about what things will take place. It's about the salvation that we're experiencing right now. The kingdom of God is in us, but the kingdom of God is also around us. What is it? And I'm going to tell you guys, the kingdom of God is simply this. God, well, before I even say that, before I even say that, Jesus preached it, that was his message. Can we all agree? Throw your hands up if you agree. We ought to be talking about the kingdom more. Yes? Yes, we all agree with that. All right, so here's the issue What is the kingdom? The kingdom is this God's governance over everything. Something that I pray a lot of times with people who get saved, I'll be like, I admit I've sinned. I believe you saved me. I commit my life to you from this day forward. God, be the boss. When you say God be the boss, you are recognizing God's governance over everything. And here's some noteworthy thoughts. The kingdom of God is misunderstood. It's a mystery, and a lot of people misunderstand it. It's also unrealized. Many people never truly realize how the kingdom can bless their life and encourage them. Come on. And the kingdom of God often is ignored because it hasn't been realized. People hear it, and they're like, oh, yeah, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you but we missed i mean paul says things like all people who anyone who does these things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of god the kingdom of god is very very important the greek word which uh, from which we get the word kingdom I'm not going to bother reading it cuz most of us wouldn't remember it and it's not even the point the point is rule uh, a king's rule reign his dominion or authority and the territory or the people over whom the king reigns. But I want you to understand that the kingdom that Jesus speaks about is more reign than realm. Because there's the present realm and the, uh, the future realm. But the reign is the same whether it's in you here or in the, in the days uh, to come. So here's, here's why this matters. Luke chapter 9. And he called the 12 together. 12 disciples. Everybody say 12 disciples. He gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. He gave them power and authority to do what? Number one, over? Let's read it again. He, gave, he called the 12 together and he gave them power and authority. Two things, power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. Jesus gave the disciples, the 12, power and authority over demons. demons and I just want to throw this out. It's okay to say demons in church. I want to throw that out. That don't, you need to understand that, that, that part of the reason people don't get the kingdom is because we're afraid to talk about demons. But demons are real, right? And, and there is spiritual warfare happening around us. So, again, he gave them power and authority over demons and to heal diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. And some of you are like, yeah, but that's them. That's the 12 disciples. Well, let's keep reading the next chapter, chapter 10, verse 1. Now, after this, the Lord appointed 70 others, and he sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going. And he said, whatever city you go into, enter and they receive you. Eat what's set before you. And listen to this. He says, heal those in it Who are sick and say to them, The kingdom of heaven has come near to you. So now he's saying, Not only is this something that I'm teaching, but I want you to go out as the 12, as the 70 and preach the kingdom of heaven. And he gave power and authority to them over demons and to heal. Are y'all hearing this today? You say, yeah, but that's the 12. Oh, yeah, but that's the 70. But in Mark 16, the word says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. What gospel is that? The gospel of the kingdom. That's what it's called. Listen to this. And he said this to them. He said, he who has believed and has been baptized will be saved. then he said, and these signs will accompany those who have believed in my name. Are there any believers in the room right now in Jesus? Well, the Bible says if you read all of that, you've got some power and you've got some authority as well. But the power and the authority that you have is connected to the king that presides over the kingdom in which you live. God's given you power and authority to live above where you've been living lately. Come on, God wants more for you. He's got a greater plane for you to experience. Now, let me just throw this off. Jesus starts off. This is what he starts preaching. Our faith begins in in the kingdom because he said, repent. So you can't even begin this thing without repentance. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And let me just say this. Guys, I, I am definitely kingdom of God. Through and through. I don't care if you grew up Catholic or Baptist or Methodist or Pentecostal, something or (laughs) Presbyterian or whatever. I don't care how you grew up. I'm just saying, don't be so Baptist that you're no longer kingdom. Don't be so Presbyterian that you're no longer kingdom. Don't be so indoctrinated and inundated with traditions and heritages outside the word and kingdom that you miss the power and the authority God has for you. (laughs) Come on, if you're still here, say, "Oh, oh, yeah. So you look in the book of Genesis and you see where the serpent beguiled Eve. I'm I'm talking about the kingdom. I'm talking about the righteous reign of God. I want you to see this because even in the beginning, this was the attack. And the devil comes up to Eve and he says, uh, what did God say? And she said, by the way, don't have conversations with the devil. It never ends well. Um, It just doesn't end well. Just shut him up with some worship. He won't stand around and listen to you worship Jesus. He'll leave you for a season. Just start to worship God. I like that. Praise is what I do when I want to be close to you. Anybody ever heard that song? It's like 15 years old. But, man, when you start getting in an argument with your spouse, just start praising the Lord, right? Just start. It'll freak them out. It's, It's good. It's good. It's good. Do that. So the, the, the devil's talking to Eve and says, well, did God say? And she said, well, we can eat from any of the trees except the tree of the knowledge of good, good and evil that is in the middle. Let's put that up for everybody to read real fast. That is, you shall surely not die, the devil says. She said, verse 3, she says, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, verse 2, but, verse 3, from the fruit of the tree which is in the where? Where? Middle of the garden, he has said, you shall not touch it or eat from it or you will die. And the serpent said, you will surely not die. For God knows in the day that you do that, your eyes will be opened. This is a concern because I want you to understand. People think that, oh, the devil attacked Adam and Eve in the garden. The greatest attack on, in the garden of Eden was not on mankind, in fact, the devil doesn't hate you. He hates God. He only hates you because God loves you. Like, we are nothing. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So the enemy hates us on account of our value to the creator of the known and unknown universe, all right? So the, the greatest attack in the Garden of Eden was not against mankind but against God. It was against God's righteous reign. The attack was on God's character, oh God. God knows in the day, like God's withholding something from them. Like God had already given them dominion. And so the enemy wanted them to challenge and to question God's authority. So three things there. God's character is in question. There's an attack on God's purpose for creation. And then there's an attack on God's authority. That's what the enemy is doing in our lives right now. He is attacking the kingdom. He is attacking the authority of God. And then to even such a degree that we say things like when somebody uh, when somebody's going through a difficulty, we'll say things like, oh, well, God must be teaching them a lesson. Don't that. God's not a child abuser. God doesn't abuse his kids. Which one of you would give your kids cancer to teach them a lesson? God doesn't. Are we better than God is? Absolutely not. And there's this attack on the righteous reign of Almighty God. God is always good. He is only good. Come on. He's a good God. And he's got a good plan for your life. And when you see the kingdom, you begin to understand that. Now, understand this. The kingdom is what we have to... I didn't even think about the time, and I need to think about that right now. I got two minutes, don't I, Pastor? When's the next experience begin? Glory to God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I got, yep, yep, I needed more amens. Well, come back tonight. You can make up for it. That's all right. You know, people say, well, I can't walk in the kingdom, power, and authority you're talking about. You know what? That's a lie from the enemy. That's the lie the devil wants you to believe, and you've got to overcome that deception first if you're ever going to embrace the kingdom of God and the authority and the power that God wants you to walk in. People say, I can't do that, and the greatest danger there is not merely that they don't do what they can do, but they think that what they are doing they can do apart from God's help. Dangerous, so dangerous, and that's the danger of deception is that when you're in it, you don't know it. When you are in it, you don't know it. And every one of us right now are managing much more deception than we realize. And see what it comes down to. I got this thought that the, 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 if you're gonna understand the kingdom, you gotta really fall in love with the king. You gotta know who the king is. You gotta know Jesus, man. You gotta know who he is. We gotta preach Jesus. We gotta shout about Jesus. We gotta focus on the Lord Jesus. We gotta pray in the name of Jesus. We ought to pray in the authority of the name of Jesus. And the scripture says in Acts 10:38: you know Jesus of Nazareth how that God anointed him with the holy ghost and uh, and how God anointed him with the holy ghost and he went about doing good healing all who were oppressed of the devil if you want to know what the kingdom is look at what the king did while he was here walking on the earth I'm talking about grace I'm talking about mercy I'm talking about deliverance for captives I'm talking about healing here's what that means that means that that power and that authority is open to you sitting in this room Bethesda Church God will heal your marriage today God will heal your family today God will bless your finances today God will change Change your life today, God will change the way you think today. The deception that you may have started off believing because a cruel parent or a cruel mentor spoke lies over you, you can be free of that today. How? When we seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness together, the righteous reign of God. I want to know is there anybody here today that says, I'll take the kingdom, I'll take grace, I'll take mercy, I'll take the peace of God that passes all understanding, I'll Change it for my worry all my anxiety all my problems every issue in my life I'm gonna throw it at the foot of the cross you can have it Jesus give me the kingdom God I want you I want your righteousness I want what you want to do in my life not my will but your will be done God from this day forward I want you to be the boss be the boss hey FYI FYI I'm not talking about your prayer for your spouse talking about what You want God to do in you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We want your righteous reign. We want your righteous reign. We need it. Lord Jesus, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Help us to get that today, God.
1: Come on, if you receive the word today, give God a big praise in the house. Come on. Come on, let Pastor Ken know how much you appreciate that word this morning. Come on. Wow. It's going to be an amazing week. If you would, just close your eyes, bow your heads right there where you are. No one looking around in this moment. I want to speak to those that are here today and you've heard this message on the kingdom and the power of God's kingdom coming into the earth but maybe you're here and the truth is you've not entered the kingdom. You're not in a relationship with Jesus. The good news is is that he's made a way. The Bible very clearly says that Jesus who knew no sin became sin so that you and I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to embarrass anyone, but if that is you, you're not in a relationship with Jesus and you need to make things right, you need his forgiveness and his grace in your life, if that is you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, that's me, Pastor. I need Jesus today. Would you just throw your hand up? Thank you for that hand here. God bless you. Thank you for that hand back there. Thank you for this hand here. God bless you. Anyone else? You say, that's me today. That's me. I need Jesus Another one here, God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else before we pray? Another one back here, God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Church, can we give those, I think it was five hands went up. Can we give them a big hand right now? Come on, just give them a big. (laughs) Jesus said that. He has given us the keys, not to the kingdom, but of the kingdom. And the reason he's not given us the keys to the kingdom, how I many Jesus is the key to the kingdom, right? Like we enter through him. And so he has made a way. And so right now we're going to pray a prayer. There's no magic to the prayer. It's just we're giving you some words to help you express what is happening in your heart. But I want every voice lifted this morning. Come on, just repeat this after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior, and I can't save myself. So today, I ask you to forgive me, to come into my heart, to be my Savior and my Lord. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give them a big God bless you. Amen. Awesome. You prayed that prayer. I would ask that you take just a moment. There's a connect card, I've decided card, one of those cards in the seat back in front of you. If you would take just a moment, you can pull that out during this last worship song. Fill it out. And let us know you made a commitment to Christ. We would love to follow up with you, connect with you, and help you take your next step next Sunday. Amen. How many know Bethesda, it's not enough just to help people come to a knowledge of Jesus, but we have to come alongside them and help them take their next step. Amen? We have to, we have to help them in their journey. So take time to do that. Our prayer team and staffs coming forward at this time. We have one more song that we're going to sing, and we, w- we would love to pray for you. Before we do that, though, can we give God one more big praise for his word today? Thank you, Pastor Ken, for the message. God bless you. I hope to see you tonight at 7 o'clock.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.